0: In this week's previous shiurim, we studied the rulings of numerous akronim regarding the payment of severance to an employee upon the termination of his service. Some of these acronym noted the existence of minhagim in this area, and in particular a minhag of chodesh Lashana, one month's salary based on the employee's final salary per year of service, although they acknowledge that this minhag is not universal and is not followed in all countries. In this final chair, we discuss the minhag in the United States. Our discussion will be based on the work chodesh Lashana published a decade ago by Rabbi Naftali Tzvi Frankel. This work is not entirely neutral. It consists in its entirety of vigorous advocacy for the authoritativeness of a position attributed to Ramosha Feinstein that at least certain employees are entitled to Chodesh Lashana. Unfortunately, there apparently exists nothing in writing by Ramosha himself on on the topic, and so the basis and rationale for Ramosha's position, as well as its scope, are not entirely clear, as we shall discuss. In the booklet... On page 115, we have a tshuva from Reb David Feinstein, from the book Chodesh Loshana, page Chof of the Sefer. Nishalti, Reb David says, I was asked, Someone, after a number of years of work, was fired. He stops working. Is he entitled to any Hanukkah, any parting gift? I recall, says Reb David, that certainly he must be given Hanukkah at the rate of Chodesh L'Shanna. In a remarkable addendum to the Tshuva, Reb David writes, This applies to all workers, even office workers. There's no mention here about Klei Kodesh or Malamdim, teachers, all workers, even office workers. Chodesh Lashana as we'll see soon, is generally applied in the U.S. to klitkodesh to teachers. Reb David here makes no mention of klitkodesh and says it applies. To, he just says absolutely without qualification, this applies to all workers, even office workers. Difficult to know whether to take this at face value. In the very next page of the Sefer Chodesh Loshana, there is another tshuva from David, from about a decade later, from Tuvshinayin base. This is to the author of the Sefer Chodesh Loshana. He wrote to Rabdavid, He said, "Shamati she'eish omrim, m'she'rashek bahag, m'ran her Moshe Feinstein's zecher tazek v'kayish levracha. Sover shem adam avad b'kli of If a person worked in a kli capacity, u'la'achr kam shan im puter and after a number of years he was terminated from his from his work, yesh lo anak chodesh I heard that some say that Ramosha held that a fired kli worker is entitled to chodesh l'shana. Avol." Rabbi Frankel says shamati me'acherem others say i heard shmaranzot Zatzel saver sharak tarka hanakoda shel shalom only to teachers avlola kol kleikodesh not to other types of kleikodesh mama Haravagon harafagunschlite what does rab david hold what does he zohar what does he recall lugabi ashita shmaranzot regarding Ramosha's opinion rab david wrote back to him hanaka bazeh aflorabanim ul shamashim it uh, hanaka it entitled to hanaka are also rabanim and to shamashim and to all klaykodish. In this chuva, Reb is expanding Hanaka, the chodesh Loshana, from the from not just malamdin, but to rabbanim and shamashim, but only to all klaykodish. Not apparently to all workers. Hard to square this with the previous Chuva where he said it applies to all workers, even office workers. Office workers are not klaykodish. Maybe he meant office workers in a Kodish capacity. There was nothing in that Chuva, In the there was nothing there about klaykodish. Difficult to know. In any event, the, this latter tshuva is—it seems to seems to more closely uh, correspond to common practice, which is that Chodesh Lashana is often applied, as we're about to see, in context of of chinuch, of klai but not in uh, employment in general. On the next page in the booklet, page one seventeen, we have an excerpt from a document of Torah Misora, the Torah Misora's code of practice, in which they they give rules. They give rules for the for what for what a terminated employee is entitled to in terms of severance. So they write in the event of dismissal or non-renewal for causes other than certain causes, the employee with a chazaka is entitled to severance pay at the rate of at least at least one month's pay per year of service, using the last year as the base as the base rate. The rate is calculated to include all fringe benefits which were stipulated in the individual contract. They're going to say later that other benefits, which were not part of the contract, are not included, but all fringe benefits, which were part of his compensation in the individual contract, if it included things such as payments for health insurance, disability insurance premiums, then those, those premiums, those dollar amounts, are added to the, to the last year's base pay. Uh, contributions toward a pension, they write, are, are excluded. Benefits granted by the school, which were not part of the body of the contract, Furthermore, they add if an employee is assigned other duties which supplement his or her income in addition to that of his or her major position, that income as well, that supplemental income should be included in calculating severance. Then they discuss how the severance should be paid, not in a lump sum necessarily, but the severance should be paid in equal installments on a monthly basis, ending no later than two years after the dismissal or non-renewal of the contract. It's unclear where all these rules come from, but this is how Taramasara put it. Severance is considered Hanaka and should be paid even if the employee had, has assumed a new position. So here they make an important point that Hanaka severance should be paid. It's not a question of tidying him over until he gets a new job. He's entitled to it even if he has a new position. If the employee was awarded a year's salary because the school notified him or her after the cutoff date that his or her contract would not be renewed, There's a different type of payment, which is payment because they cost him a job, because they notified him too late that they're not uh, bringing him back the the next year, and he can't get a new job for next year. That kind of payment, he says, that's separate from Hanukkah. Then the employee did, in fact, assume another position the following year. That obviates the need for such a payment. Then the school is freed from paying the year's salary. That type of payment, that's not Hanukkah. That's payment because of the injury they caused him. And if there's no injury because he finds another job, that they don't have to pay. Nevertheless, if the new position pays less than the former one, then the first school should pay the difference. Then, yeah. So that that, that these are classic halakhas in the laws of poalim. That if they cause him a job, if they if they cause him a loss because he can't find a new job, they have to pay for that, or they pay the difference. That's not Hanaka. Hanukkah they pay regardless if he has it, whether he has a new job or not. But the, but these other these other payment these other payments for the for the injury they caused him that depends on whether he gets a new job, or they pay the difference if he gets a job that pays less. We, we saw similar things in the previous year, in Rav Sternbach, and the Jewish Hanagos, that there are two types of payments, that there's payment for, for the injury they caused him, and that depends on whether there's an injury, and then there's additionally this payment for Hanukkah, which is independent of whether he finds a new job or not, that's something he's entitled to for the years of service, regardless of whether he has a new job or not. The Tzitzel, Ezer, Tzitzel Ezer discusses the idea of of paying, of paying Hanukkah based on a minhag based on Chodesh Lashonah, He's discussing the minhag in Eretz Yisrael. As we mentioned, in Eretz Yisrael, there was a much stronger minhag, a much clearer Minog to pay Hanukkah. And he and he takes for granted, as we've seen, other posts can mention such a minhag in Eretz Yisrael as well. He takes for granted that this minhag is binding. Titiliezer is in Chelek Zayin, Simen Gimel, page 118 of the booklet. He writes, let's discuss let's discuss severance, he writes. He says, in his case, he says, Os Gimel, a dabar Pashut whom kubal Bahalacha. Shakol din e poalem ovdimu all the laws of workers, employees, and employers. Alkal prateim all the details of the of their uh, of their contractual mutual obligations. Fluyim biyos to b'minikam adina more so than other areas of choshen mishpat. They depend in part in they hinge in particular on minhagim. Doversay yotzlon b'beiru mi'surkisay gemara b'avmetzia perakaseh chares e poalem daf fe gimel v'daf vav. The gemara says various aspects when the workday starts and ends and so on how much he has to pay them, beyond what he stipulates, food, and so on. These things all depend on the Minak. Even if the shirus didn't stipulate these obligations, it was, they were left unspecified. We follow the Minak. A Minak is called anything that was done by people in this country uh, in many times, in many instances. Really, You don't have to have that many times. Really, he says, More than twice. He's going to discuss this in a couple of paragraphs later, where he gets this idea that more than twice constitutes a minhag. But first he discusses the basic idea of minhag. The issue there was that that there were, in certain cases where certain employees of the community would be exempt from communal taxes. That was one of the perks of the job that they would be exempt. There was a dispute between the, between the employee and the community in this case, whether this he was entitled to this privilege or not. He claimed it was explicit, apparently, but if, it's, if that's not clear, if, if it turns out they were soher him stam without specifying, we have to look at the Minuk. If there was nothing stipulated, we turn to the Minuk. Tibin yonai shiuris in matters of the hiring of employees. Vade halchim akher medina. Certainly, the ravash establishes we follow the local custom. Afepisha shiuris nasi b'stam. Even if the shiuris was done without specif- without specifying the Minag, k'difnan he brings that the sugyas not poalem, but perakas elkoras a yazen, where the minug is to provide food, he has to provide food. Losapik minasika to provide other types of refreshments. Yosapik hakol minikah medina. I Amrino mean, lavi Yushalmi, a fa- very famous Yushalmi. Zos this halacha, this halacha implies, this halacha tells us minog mavatel halacha. Minog mavatl halacha is a very uh, strong and provocative statement. And obviously, it's limited in what it actually means, but there is such a rule. Minog mavatel halacha. im The case of the rivash was whether a chazan has to pay communal taxes. It wasn't apparently entirely clear in the contract. Gam We have to see if there's a clear minog in the city. Whether when the, when the city hired a chazan, when the community hired a chazan, whether he was exempt from taxation. Vimbichagon Zet says the Titzel if in this matter, shall Noeg Peter chazanin mimas, regarding the exemption of chazanin from taxes, I concede in this case, we need a clear clarification of the minuk. Velchachos, Yosir, bi Yosam, Mikram, Nadirim. This is a, a fairly rare scenario, he says. However, when it comes to the general rules, the framework of employment, of firing, and and pensions, and so on, of of severance, we don't need such detailed and careful investigation. This happens all the time. This is such a common thing that clearly the menog is going to be well established. Go see what people do. It doesn't require such careful and painstaking investigation. In the case of the chazan, if nothing was stipulated, we have to have a very clear minhag to exempt the chazan from taxes. The rivash himself distinguishes between the minhag of pottering chazan from taxes and the minhag of employment in general. When it comes to workers, it, it happens all the time. Many workers are hired every day. It's very easy to see what the minag actually is. But chazanim is a, the case of Chazanim and taxes is a less common scenario. It, it, we, the Rivash clearly says we can establish the Minog of polam based on daily practice. Firing Polem as well is something that happens frequently, and it's easy to establish the Minog. So, going back to what he said, it has to be more than twice, and that's enough. Three times is enough to establish a Minog, the Titil claims. I said that once it happens more than twice, that establishes the minog. Ramah in the Chosh and Mishpat paskins like the rivash, and he writes, the ain- you have to clearly establish a minog, he says, in these rare and uncommon scenarios. A minog has to be frequent, and it has to, something that happens many times. Avol daver she'eno nase rak pamachas or shnei pa'amim. It only occurred once or twice. Eino kari minug. That's not called a minug. Don't mina from the sefer. Of the Rama says don't mina. Hakol shnase yosrimi pamachas or pamayim. One or two times is is dafka. One or two times is not a minug. More than twice, three times or more is a minug. V'alachas kama kishigdanu shnase kfar harbei pa'am. Certainly, if it happens many times, the shaper kari minug v'hol chenakherav. That certainly called a minug, and we follow it. Even if the schiris didn't stipulate, still we follow the the minag. Again, three times is sufficient. To his case, the as he says, The minag is to pay severance compensation to workers and officers of various sorts. Uh, that uh based on chodesh based on the final salary that that's a clear everyone knows that's the Minak it's well established in Eretz for decades whether he has a full time position whether he's a part time employee certainly then based on this assumption that's the rationale of minak here, based on this assumption, the institution accepted, the plaintiff, the, the worker who was suing for severance for his job, and the, the Mossad cannot evade its obligation. He heard, he was informed by official official bodies. This applies even in non-organized, non-unionized, I guess, workplaces, Came and we presume Rishmi, and this is this is stated in official documents. Therefore it's a clear, well-established minog. He's talking in Artistral. this year we're focusing mostly on the US, but he based on Minnach, he says there's a clear Minog. The problem is going back to the US and Ramosha's position, we don't really know what his position was based on. Was Ramosha uh, we'll we'll see this in the, in the final source, an article on the topic published uh, also about eight years ago published on this topic. Where it's unclear whether Amosha's position was based on what he felt was a, an already existing Minog, whether he was making some kind of takana based on his authority as uh, the leader of uh, a leader of American Orthodoxy, whether he was saying what he thought the din should be based on Lafimishur Din. It's hard to know exactly what Amosha's position was based on. Unfortunately, as we said, we don't have anything in writing for Amosha himself. So AMI Magazine in 2013, in Tishrei 5774, ran an article on Chodesh Loshana. It was obviously inspired by uh, the Sefer Chodesh Lashana, which they discuss, in which they in which they, they, they discuss the topic with the author of Chodesh Lashana, Rabbi Naftali Frankel, as well as Rabbi Shia Ryback of Torah Maserah, who deals with Chodesh Lashana, And they, they, they make various statements. They discuss the Sefer. They make various statements about Chodesh L'Shanna. The basis, of course, is Hanukkah of Evert and the chinuch, but as we saw, the chinuch is understood by the Achronim to simply be aspirational. If nimashur sadin it's not strictly, uh, it's not strictly a uh, chiyu. Ray Frankel notes that many countries have government mandated severance, as we mentioned, Eretz Israel in particular. But other postkim note that's not the, that Eretz Israel is a particularly socialist country. That was not the case in Belgium and South Africa. It's not the case in the it's not the case in the United States in general. So Ramosha held as as established in the Sefer, Ramosha is, is is widely said to have held. That there is a, a minag of Chodesh Lashana, there is a din of Chodesh Lashonah in the US as well. Ray Frankel says, as we've been discussing, there are three, three factors, three, three arguments for paying Chodesh Lashonah. That um, Ramosha was the Marad Asra, he said you have to pay Chodesh And The question is, yeah, the question is what's, what was Ramosha's authority to make such a statement? Second, they say once Ramosha passed in this way, the vast majority of Avas Bate Din and Rabbanim accepted the Epsach, and that establishes a firm, a firm, a firm, a firm Minag Hamadina. So certainly, if it's true that that most the vast majority of Bate Din and rabbanim accepted that Epsach, certainly, if that's true, that would establish a minhag. Still doesn't explain how Ramosha ruled that way originally, before that became the Minuk, if that was not the Minuk at that time. But certainly, after the Ramosha passing that way, if that becomes the minhag again, the truth is, there are, there are uh, statements from from various Dayanim, that, that across the ideological spectrum of, of, of Judaism, even beyond Orthodoxy, that there is a, an established of Kodesh Lishana. So that's probably the strongest case for the binding nature of Ramoche's position to pay Chodesh Lashana. However it started, by now there is a, a, strong, a strong minhag. Some say Ramoche made a takana, but he says we, we can just understand that uh, once passed, paskin, it's a minhag. Again, it doesn't explain how Ramoche paskin, that, that, that's always a question, how minhagim start, if they're not binding. But somehow, at least today, it's a minhag. A third factor, he says, Darche Noam, Drochea Noam, Again, we saw the poskim use language of Asisa, Yashava, vatov" and Asisa, Yashava, Tov, and L'fimishur, That generally does not create necessarily a binding obligation. We saw the various poskim, the Pas and the Pas Sadecha, and earlier poskim, the Mach Avram, discussed questions about about whether Basin can be Kofa, and L'fimishur, They suggested that a tzibur has a higher standard, a tzibur can be compelled to follow L'fimishur, Zedin, even even individuals, according to some postkim can, and can certainly we can certainly use strong moral suasion to get them to do it. Okay, but darkeinom is similar to Sadin. Presumably, darkeinom is not usually invoked in Halakha to establish Halakha. Occasionally, the Gemara has a couple of examples. Occasionally, postkim do use darkeinom to establish Halakha. What they what they mean here, presumably, is really lufnimishurisadin. They discuss the they discuss the safer further, and they discuss in this article various. Uh, various specific policy questions. They they mentioned that it doesn't it's not paid in the lump sum. Rabbi Rabbi Reibach says he doesn't know if motion specified a certain amount of time, Tara Mazara the policy is two years. As we saw in their documents, in their code of practice. They mentioned that you know some Chodesh Lashana cases, Rabbi Rybeck says, are disputed. If the if the if the Rebbe is, is, is fired without cause, that's Chodesh Lashana if he's terminated. But if he's fired for cause because of a significant lack of professional integrity, a very serious infraction against a student, he would lose Chodesh l'shana. So obviously, those cases are going to have to be litigated and based in what's. Why was he fired? Was there sufficient cause? Is the cause established, and so on? Rabbi Reibek makes another interesting point. He says this is on page this is on page seventy of the Ami article, and page on page, uh, on page one twenty of the booklet. He says initially Chodesh Lashana was when a rebbe was fired, but the Vad Russia yeshivas a few years ago. So, extended it about a decade or 15 years ago, extended it to cases of retirement, which creates a kind of type of pension for a babe. The original Chadish Lashana was apparently if he was, if he was terminated. But here, if he just retires, we saw them. And Chaz Yitzchak says if, uh, that based on Hanukkah, if, uh, if, if someone quits after years of service, he's not entitled to Hanukkah. Maybe Lefnim Meshur he says, but the Hanukkah paralleling everdivri. We saw the parallel to everdivri is not entirely clear. Some say that the Lefnim Meshur of Hanukkah goes beyond the, the, the Hanukkah of Evadivri. Rabbi Ryback says the original Chodesh Lashana only covered cases where the Rebbe was terminated, but they extended it, the V'ad Rashi Yeshivas extended it to cases of retirement, which creates a kind of pension. But he says this would only be true in cases where the Rebbe worked for the institution for 35 years, or he's at least 65 years old, and it's only when he's retiring, not taking up other work, even though we noted that the classic Chodesh Lashana we saw applies even if he is taking up other work. This version of Chodesh Lashana has these additions, when he retires, has these additional qualifications, only 35 years of service for the institution, at least 65 years old, and he's not taking up other work. I don't know where these come from, whether this was the, the Das Torah, or whether this is based on some kind of minog, but this is what uh, this is, what he, this is what Rabbi Ryback says. Rabbi Frankel notes that, uh, that even though in Rabbi Frankel's safer, we saw the, 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 that even though one version of Ramosha, as by of David says, it applies even to office workers, Torah Masora only discusses Klikodesh, and of course, the Frankl notes that if they have Torah Maserah is not the, 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 the absolute controlling document. If they have, if people employees fail, they have cases. Of course, they can they can go to a dentura to ask for, to ask for uh, for Chodesh Lashan. The the, the Rabbi Rabbeck points out that he quotes Gidolim. Gidolim says that even if the yeshiva closes, you have, to sell, you, have to, you have to sell its assets to pay Chodesh Lashan. It's an absolute Chov Gomer you have to pay your electric bill you pay your gas bill you pay chodesh L'shana. it's certainly true that once we establish as a chiyuv based on minhag then obviously a, a chov gummer that becomes a is a chov gummer and you have to sell assets to pay it the question is whether chodesh Hashanah is really a chov gummer the other posts can discuss for the and but if we assume if we assume that it's a minhag if we assume that it's a minhag then certainly it would be a a chiyuv gummer and you'd have to pay it even if it even if it involves uh even if it involves liquidating some assets, at least when the yeshiva closes down, he says. And Roy Frankel notes that some Americans were surprised at severance pay. It's not it's not necessarily part of our culture. America is a more individualistic culture. Nevertheless, first of all, we said there's a Torah obligation, whether it's based on minhag or the or the or or the parallel Tanaka. Beyond that, other countries do that as well, and and that itself is a reason not to be so surprised at the payment of chodesh lishanah. So the bottom line is. There is a minug in some countries. There is Israel in particular to pay chodesh Lashana. Many rabbanim and dayanim have argued that there is such a minug in the U.S. At least with regard to klaykodesh, malamdim, and Kalei Kodesh. In one version of Ramosha, according to Rab David, he apparently again, it's hard to know how much to make out of one line in a, what a literally one line. But Ramosha is said to have said that even uh, any any worker, even office workers, should get, should get chodesh Lashana. That does not seem to be the minug. The minug seems to be that chodesh l'shana is paid to Klay workers. Again, anything stipulated in the contract is, of course, binding, but the minog applies to Klay lamdim, Mlamdim, and Klay primarily if he's fired, in some limited cases, according to Torah perhaps if he's retired as well. Again, if he's fired for cause, he may forfeit Kodesh Lashana, and the basic rule of Kodesh Lashana is to pay one month of salary per year of service, with salary being calculated based on the final salary of the employee, including both base pay and anything else stipulated in the contract, according to Taro Masaro, although not, uh, not additional payments that were made that were not part of the institution's contractual obligations to the employee.